0: Oh
1: my god!
0: How cool! I love that. So exciting! Wow! Hi, I'm Pip, and this is Jumbled Loves a Chat. Amazing! Love it. Stunning! That is like so flipping true. Just come and
1: get your coffee!
0: <laughs> Cheers to that! Hi, and welcome to Jumbled Loves A Chat. This week's is a little different. I interviewed Jane Kay, the CEO and founder of Bird's Nest, at our recent Huddle event, and we recorded it live. I just wanted to say that I was extremely nervous before this little chat on stage, but I put my big girl pants on and I interviewed Jane and... I think you're going to absolutely love her. She's a total powerhouse and she's so humble and insightful. Just wanted to say I'm sorry if you can hear my big pearly earrings um, clanging against my microphone. I learned a valuable lesson um, that I shouldn't wear such big earrings. But thank you and I hope you enjoy. This was probably the one secret I could keep, was that Jane was coming to join us um, here. Every other secret I think I let out of the bag. Um, To me, Jane epitomises this event. So I just, I reached out to her really early on and she couldn't come for a little bit, but then she could come. And so, yeah, I just really wanted to talk to you. And really, lots of people don't know about Jane, so... I hope you're going to enjoy getting to you know, know we, a little you know bit of You we actually money. just booked it on our own accord, we, <laughs> the three of us. Oh, yes, it's so funny. <laughs> we saw that they'll Anyway, so we'll get started. We just wanted the to be here, so
2: I'm feeling, you know, <laughs> very privileged
0: to be up here. Jane is the woman when it comes to regional online business. There's so much for us to learn from her, and that's why she's here. In 2004, she bought High Country Outfitters, a clothing shop in Cooma with no retail experience at all. Within four years, the shop had gone online. In that sense, she was a total pioneer. Most thought she was crazy. In 2017, Bird's Next took out fourth place in the BRW's Best Places to Work. Amazing, and Mm -hmm. in Cooma. Bird's Nest now turns over, I'm sorry, I have to tell everyone so they know how amazing you are, $25 million annually. (laughs) And 95% of those sales come from online. Jane has more than 140 employees and more than 90% of them are local and most of them are kick-ass business females. Please welcome Jane Kay, CEO and founder of Bird's Nest. So good to be here. Kit. No, she just pep talked me before. I was trying <laughs> to fob it off, and I was like, "Anyway, tell Total us." Total girl
2: crush here as well. Oh no, just let me just uh, say, like everyone in the room. And, and a we cheers the...
0: to everyone as well. <laughs> Thanks. Cheers. She promised me champagne, that's why I came. I know. Totally. Um, tell us about your childhood, because I think that a lot of us here, when you're businesses, we've got small businesses, I think your childhood and your background um, moulds so much of what Should I lie happens.
2: down for this? No, or... no, go for it. <laughs> in the chair? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a 78 vintage, um, so, I, you know, um, there's a few, looks. there's lots of different vintages here, but, um, you know, we were blessed to grow up in the 80s, you know, yeah. no technology, you know, I, I, lots of people are from the land here. I'm actually not from a farm, as such. I'm a townie. Yeah,
0: yeah. And On the street rat right too. Yeah, don't you? <laughs>
2: yeah. So you know, and 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 I have very two distinct memories because I grew up till till I was six. We were in Moree. Yeah. And then we moved. So we moved from like the top of the state to um, the Snowy Mountains. So a very flat country to very hilly, and and you know, it's a you know. Co- We grew up in a cul-de-sac with kids everywhere, spearmint bikes and Barbies, and um, it was a pretty kind of blessed childhood. I think, you know, I was an only child till my parents just completely lost the formula after they made me. They were going to have six children. (laughs) That was probably lucky. Uh, And I think, you know, that, I think it's quite influential that I'm the first child. I think, you know, a few Ps that go along with that, like a pleaser, slightly a perfectionist. Um, a bit of a protectionist. So I think the order of the family, the fact that I was an only child for so long, my husband says I have OCS, which is called only child syndrome. Ah, that's pretty <laughs> Apparently I like to get my own weight. Um, so, yeah, I think some of those things were probably quite influential in, in my childhood. I, I think, you know, it was all super blessed, but I hated primary school, which ah. is interesting. I had a great high school and I just... I felt always left out in primary mm. school, and sometimes I think I've just like build a building,
0: uh, build a business, so that I've got like somewhere friends. to hang out, friends. Yeah, friends. They're kind that you of going to like me.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. They have to like
0: you. Um, <laughs> what, and what did you want to be when you were growing up?
2: Uh, well, look, uh, I um, we grew up definitely with business being discussed at the breakfast table. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Dad uh, started a management. At, he was in accounting. Started a management accounting firm for. Particularly for farmers, oh. so um, actually had a he had a branch in Orange for a long time. It's called yeah. Voice Chartered Accountants. I'm um, actually one of his partner's daughters. I met last night. Yeah. So anyway, so he w- uh, and so we moved with that business. And that w- I just knew what went on at the at the breakfast table. Had to yeah. stay at the breakfast table. I wasn't discuss it at school or anywhere else. And I just thought when you grew up, that's what you did. You started a business. And I think um, Dad particularly has probably been
0: incredibly influential on. Are you, you good know. with numbers, like your dad?
2: Oh, not as good. No. But definitely... Must not. be good
0: for 25 million. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah, so numbers definitely, because I'm not the fashion girl. We the fashion girls here. Pygie should have been born in Paris. Um, so yeah, didn't know anything about that. So luckily I had some other skills. But I think the thing that dad imparted mostly on me was... Um, he just saw potential in everyone. Yeah. He saw huge potential and he always said, Jane, just surround yourself with people smarter than you. Oh, <laughs> that's
0: Which was really good advice. <laughs> so then, how did Bird's Nest happen? On their, on the video, we heard you talking mm. about IBM, so you're working for them. Yes. The internet would have been really... Super, super new. new. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I hit
2: uni in 96. Um, we're all just getting like, our first hotmail addresses. It was Yay. all very exciting. Yeah. Um, and we... I definitely left a to the a country town, saying, "Mum, you know, uh, see you later. <laughs> I'm off to where it, I'm off to where the action is. You know, I want this really creative, cool career." And um, I got to uni, and I was lucky enough to get offered um, a scholarship, but it meant I had to work. Oh no! It, it, which was a great scholarship because I got to work in industry, but I had to study technology. And I was like, "Oh, I didn't even like." I got to my first shoot and I didn't even know how to save onto a disc like I yeah. didn't like I didn't know what a disc was yeah. actually um and so yeah new, I thought it just computers were for boys and nerds and uh, that was not for me but then yeah the internet was changing everything and I was like whoa so I started studying and then when I this is going to change everything it's going to change the way we learn the way we mm. date the way we
0: shop the way we do Would business we have thought about dating back then so I guess yeah I guess that did happen <laughs>
2: Like, yeah. with the
0: internet so early as well, yeah.
2: Yeah, I've actually got an email trial that I, like, printed out from when Ollie and I oh. were, like, courting at that time and yeah. going back and forth. So, so we you had email. Met, you met Ollie. Yeah, so, yes, that's what happened. Sorry. You've got to keep me on track. This no, no, no. This is going to be really good, you know. No. <laughs> um, so I met Ollie, yes, of course, and then I knew I was going to be destined for regional Australia, which um, was not in the plan. So no. And yeah, I remember my sister ringing me, going... Jay, you're going to waste your whole degree and you're going to... you know. And I'm like, oh, I don't... I, I'm hoping not. Yes. But I knew I had to, you know, adapt quickly. And, yeah. and so you moved
0: to Kuma. Yes.
2: Moved to Kuma, we bought a farm. And I think there's, I mean, one of my favourite um, sayings in kind of life and business and everything is comes from probably an unlikely source, but it's Charles Darwin. yeah, And he um, tells us that, you know, um, it's not the most intelligent that survive. It's not the strongest. It's the one that's most adaptable to change. yeah, uh, And I think that has really served me very I well all through kind of life. And so I thought, you know, I was so impractical and I knew like I, I'm, you know, I, I kind of understand the psychology of a sheep a little bit now and where I should stand, you know, to yeah. get them to go through yeah, yeah, the yeah, gate, Yeah, yeah. Um, but I knew that that was not, go- I was going to probably become a bit of a psychopath oh, <laughs> if I hanged out on the farm for yeah, too long. Yeah, 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 totally. So, so you t- ended
0: up buying high country traders? High country outfitters, Yes, yeah, sorry. Um... Why, why did you buy that store? We uh, I, we looked at you know we looked at quite
2: a few businesses. I just wanted to you know as I said wanted to get in charge of my own industry. No, well, no, we looked at starting yep. businesses like all sorts of things. So. It really just, this was a great business. I knew the business really well because I'd grown up with it. It had mm. been around for 20-something years. So that's a different path in terms of being able to walk into a business with an amazing manager, Paggy who's still with us, like running oh. an incredible store. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, to walk in and then have customers on day one. So literally, I was doing my apprenticeship. Yeah. You know, I'd just get in every day, back in the floor, just do what I was told. Paggy, what do I do next, you know? Yes. Um, and just learnt about retail on that shop floor. And what were you selling? in the store there. Oh yeah, that was eclectic. Um, So, (laughs) Pikey loved horses so it had saddlery Um, and then it had, uh, uh, it used to be a rural merchandise store, so it sort of grew up from there, but then actually about 60 or 70 percent of it was women's fashion and that When I looked at the numbers, that was the only bit that was working. Okay, so the saddles weren't working or anything? (laughs) No, well, it didn't help that I was serving people. Like, people would come in and say, oh, I'll have a bit, thanks. And I'll be like, oh, they would have said something probably smarter than that about what kind of bit they needed. Um, And I'd be like, oh, I think that goes in the mouth. Just follow me, you know, and I'd take them to the section.
0: Mm. But it would Um, have been great learning on the shop floor. It was,
2: and I think, you know, that's when I fell In love with the business because I was like, you know, how does a girl go from this corporate career with like literally with IBM that were flying me around the country and I was, you know, having this pretty yeah. awesome time working in different industries. And then I was literally like, oh, can I get you another size in those shoes? And you know, and I was like, how's my little ego going to cope with this? Yeah. Um, and I just loved it. And it's a good th- buzz, oh, isn't God, it? It's when so you make people happy yeah. and you that transformation yes. that happens and then mm. realizing that actually. This thing called therapy, retail therapy, is like, it's real. True. It's true. People um, tell you everything in the change rooms. Oh my God. Yeah. no, you actually need, yeah, we've actually got now a, a psychologist supporting our team Stop in the store. It. Yeah. Because and she used to work. She used to work for Lifeline. She's a great friend. Sarah Lifeline. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, she, fancy. <laughs> I, we um, need one of those at work. Yeah, too. I can name her out. She's called Santa Carol. She's fabulous. Um, anyway, so yeah, because often you need to know how to hold space for people because mm. it is a hugely vulnerable space for women. Fashion, mm. and you know, from the moment we're born, we are judged on our appearance. You know, just before we're coming up here, what, what am I doing? I'm brushing my hair in the Looks bathroom. Nice. Thanks. Yeah,
0: Lippy on. And then so. You did that and then you went online four yes. years later. So, what yeah. year was that? In between, we bought a men's store, but we won't talk about oh, that. Oh, is it? It's no. no that men's bike. fashion is very, they, I always find men buy when it's cold. We buy <laughs> because the beautiful jump is in, but it's still summer. Like, we're just very different, <laughs> yeah, aren't so we? that's so practical. I know. So like, yeah, <gasps> so it would have been. Yeah. So, then what year did you go online?
2: 2008, but we'd be yeah. we would. I was talking about it from about 2006, and literally everyone was just like, "You're nuts!" You know, why are you spending so much time on this crazy project? No one is, you know. You have to touch things if you're going to buy them, and this was, you know, at that time I, I was definitely looking to the international markets where it was really growing in the UK and, yeah. the, and the US, but no stores in like
0: very was no stores, anyone doing it in Australia like, yet? Cer- no,
2: not yeah. really. Like, there was a few, like I think someone like Sports go was quite early, but really. Um, very, very few. And there were some brands that we represented online, so brands like Esprit and Jag and oh, brands yes. like that that we represented online for five years before, five or six years before they actually
0: woke up to the fact that it was a pretty happening thing. Yeah, something crazy. <laughs> it but was just right place, right time. Yeah, but also you still did it though as oh. well. So when you went on, so the online store started, was there a certain point that was sort of Where it just really ramped up, or do you think it was like this slow build, or do you think (laughs) it's just been really hard work, or was it just game busters, or was it something?
2: For me, the light switch was when was the retail therapy switch, you know, going, wow, this there's some real magic happening in this store, you know, and and we're holding space for women Mm. in a place that feels like. They can come in here and be themselves, so how did you translate that to online? So I think the thing was actually translating that into a way that you know women come in you know I love just studying how they came in you mm. know, and for some they would just go straight to the pink because just pink makes them feel good you know yeah. <laughs> Yes. Um, and, um, you know, or they would, um, you know, it would be like, oh, my gosh, it's the dreaded school reunion, or it's like it was occasion-based, or very often it's body. So just see yeah. these, hide them, show them off, whatever yeah, yeah. it was. Um, and so translating that into a space online so that they could actually... Um, have that sort of same experience and then ultimately to the point
0: where we could actually say fill in your whole profile, we'll custom for it just for you. You see, that's amazing. We'll go back to that in a second. So what does Bird's Nest look like today? Is it is it true that you've moved into the old Woolworths building at the <laughs> supermarket? It's true. It's amazing. Like, even in the video, you just see the scale of it and it's just totally incredible in a regional town as well. Well, it
2: was lucky because that shopping centre was really dying. Yes. So... um but in, in its day, it was really very modern. It kind of had, like, the you know, had everything that you wanted at, in a department store and it had the newsagent and the, yeah. the hairdresser and that. And I think in the 50s, it was, like, the place to be. Yeah. Still, the building still looks like the 50s. But, um, so, yeah, and when we moved in, there was actually a working supermarket and we were just in a proportion of the building. Right. And then, quite conveniently, the idea, sadly, went out of business. Yeah. Very sadly, very conveniently. But very convenient because we'd just run out of space. And so it was already our fifth move by the time we moved there because we kept going, oh, this space will be big enough. Oh, my God, it's not big enough. (laughs) This space will be big enough. It's amazing. The
0: move was like a giant, oh, yeah, anyway. So even though 95% of your business is now online, Mm -hmm. you still have a bricks and mortar store. We do. Why is that important to you?
2: Uh, I think you heard it in kind of what Jess talked about, I mean, the fact that she's now spent so much time on the floor as well, and it just, yeah. it brings, I mean, it's reminded me that I need to get on the floor more often, and I think, you know, we get a lot of feedback, the design team get a lot of feedback from um, how things are fitting, and mm-hmm. um, what's not working a lot, um, which is good, because we need that, it's just so much more immediate, that feedback. Um and, of course, it's just, it's touch-tile. And people, if people want to experience the, the brand, it's, you know, we've tried to create a space where they are like a queen and can come in yeah. and just order what they want into the yeah. change rooms from... Yeah, it's a isn't unique that amazing? Experience? They've you've got, got like a
0: little like iPad in the change room where you can um, order... Just s- anything. ...from, yeah, you're like, this stars. is not the right size, and you press a button and it gets bought in for you. You don't even have to pop out of the change room, <laughs> so it's kind of, sort of hollering out and, no, it's fabulous. But also, so your customer service for Bird's Nest is outstanding. And how many, what's the percent of repeat customers? Was it 75? It's about 85%. Yeah. So, on any so given that's day, just yeah. really phenomenal, isn't yeah. it? Well, yeah, it's kind of... And how have you created that customer service across your business? Like, how, how have you made it so successful? Like, how can we all make ours so great?
2: Please. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> um... I just think, ultimately, um, you cannot have happy customers without a happy team. Yeah. So, you know, it's all about the... You know, you can have all the best policies in the world. Like, you know, we have a 365-day return policy. No. Um, but if you have someone on the phone going, ah, oh, yeah, it's 365 days, just return it when you like, like, whatever. Or if you have someone going, oh, my gosh, you know, imagine if there was another woman out there that, like, that was their dream dress and you've got it in your cupboard and, you know, just... You know, because women still get guilty about returning things, you know, well, they're less and less, like, you know, that we're being educated now. But at the beginning, people felt really guilty about returning things. They well, don't like, now. Just bring it back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, but, you know, so it's, it's how you deliver that message. And, and if someone's really hating their job or not happy in their role, then everything that hits it is not... It's just... It's not
0: going to be, an, like, a, a genuine experience. Yeah, but how do you... And how do you make... So you were, you were rated fourth in the best workplaces for over 100 employees, how, how have you made that? How have you created that? I think very selfishly I wanted to make sure I
2: still wanted to come to work every
0: day. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't
2: want it to turn into primary school. Yeah. Um, it's
0: a jungle out
2: there. Um, so I think, you know, uh, people, like, people thrive in good soil, and so yep. it's... Um, I learnt somewhere along the lang- way because obviously I was reproducing at the same time, and you know there were there were there were times when I'd like arrive and I'd meet people I'd never even met before. That I'm like, oh wow, well, hi, I'm Jane. Um, you know, I'd only been out. of business for three weeks or something? Yeah. Um, and and then I, I just remember this one day I overheard someone that I hadn't met on the phone going, oh, um, so no, I'm sorry, you won't be able to return, this is early days, you won't be able to return that, like, it's past our 14-day return policy, um, and I was in the background going, no, no, um, and she was like, oh, just a minute and I'll call you back, um, and I was like, oh, don't you know, we just, like, ignore all of that stuff, and it's yes. just old, and we just have this thing, if in doubt, be generous, yeah. and she was like... I love that, um, that's a lovely motto. Oh, no, no one's taught me that, and I was like, oh... Okay, all right, and then at that point I realised, oh my gosh, we, were, we we were such a small team. We all knew what we were doing. We knew, like, we had these things that we understood, but we weren't hiring for that. We weren't inducting people on that. We weren't training people. It was just such a chaotic mess. Yeah,
0: because it, you grew we just so grew much really
2: quickly. So then, yeah, so then that was I felt that was my main job. Like, I don't really have a job anymore. But, so for that. what do you see? I, as Your main I, I'm job a now? Culture. Um, yeah, culture. The, uh, people, um, and whatever the new thing is, because I like shiny new
0: objects. Yes, yeah.
2: Um, And, yeah, but it was funny, the award thing, because we went went into that because we thought, what's the best way to get real feedback from the team? Because if if you ask, like, people, if they want to give you, sometimes if they want to give you tough feedback, they want to be anonymous about that, and it is an anonymous survey. It's an international anonymous survey, so you have to do a massive audit, and we've just done it again. Um, How'd you go? We, just, we submitted it last oh. week. <laughs> um, so, but we're about to do the survey. I know it's friggin' terrifying, isn't mm. it? Because I'll probably like drop to like hundred and fifty, mm. and then. Um, so might be
0: number one as well. <laughs> oh.
2: No. <I> think so. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah. So we and then and then we were just so excited to be in the top fifty. We were like, you're what? Anyway, so we took like the whole leadership team. It was like 20 of us went to Sydney to celebrate at this thing. And we got in there and they, we were like, oh, we'll be 40. We'll be 50 or 49. Um, and so they started at 50 and then they got to 40 and then they got to 30. And then by the I was having heart palpitations, by the time they got to the teens, I was like, fuck, they've made a mistake. Yeah, we're yeah. not meant to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, we're all going to go. We just really need to leave now because it's so <laughs> back, embarrassing. Back door. <laughs> um, And it was like a real, you know, imposter moment of like, OK, we, I think we run now. Um, yeah, so we just couldn't believe it. And that the band that night, anyway, it was the best band. I, I oh. mean, either it was that feeling or that we just it was, danced all night. Yeah. Furnace and the fundamentals,
0: though. So you really need to look them up. Oh, OK. Yeah. We will. Maybe for the next event, yeah. hopefully. So... When we spoke before, you said that culture is really important to Mm -hmm. you and you being a leader and that you're sort of the leader of the ship. Have you always been a good leader or is it something that's evolved? Well, if you're in the top, if you're the fourth, whatever, um, you must be. Or is it something that is constantly changing because you have to keep evolving as well your leadership style because sometimes I know I find what was working maybe doesn't work anymore or yeah. you know you sort of have works to work for different people and not others. yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So I think um, that's been a massive journey and a, like a, I feel like it's such an accidental... Like, I, li- I started a business just so that I would have a career and then mm. now I'm in charge of, like, all these, you know... Yes. Creating an environment where all these people can have fulfilling careers. And um, I think once it got to... About, I remember probably about four or five years ago, I was, like, a maniac, really very, very stressed. And... Um, and when I'm stressed, I'm generally not really fit for human consumption. Um, Probably like everyone, I'm sure. Well, but I didn't know that I wasn't. Yeah, okay. Um, I still thought that was okay. Um, I still thought it was all right to be really stressed and busy, and I'm so busy, and I'm so stressed, and I haven't had no sleep, and you know, and then I still thought I could operate and get away with it, um, but I knew there was something wrong because I really started questioning whether I was the right person to run the business. So I had a lot of doubt. I was like, I think this is the point in a founder's kind of journey that you go, where's the grown-up around here? Like, just someone finally, yeah, else and you in. bring someone like in to. Sort this stuff out, and so at that time um, I got a coach. Yeah. Um, and um, I said, look, I I think that this is maybe like the a time. business coach, or like a, a life coach. coach. He actually had started a business um, in Australia, modelling a business that I adored in. The, the US called yeah. Zappos, okay. um, and they, are, they He's written, Tony Shea, who started that business, has written a book called Delivering Happiness, it's awesome if anyone wants to read that, and this guy had started a business called Style Tread in Australia, which oh, you yeah. probably know, yeah. because it sells shoes, um, and he's, he's left it now, he's sold it and things, but he had modelled the whole culture on that, so I, was, I looked up to him as an entrepreneur, mm. mentor anyway, and he was a coach, so I got him in, and I was like, oh, and he said, well, you know how, what
0: we've got to do, he said, well, we've just got to ask your team what you like. Cringe. What did they say? Oh. I'd hate that. Oh.
2: oh, no. It was very... It was pretty confronting. Oh. It was pretty confronting. Imagine. And so... And for them as well, mm. you know, because... Was the, it anonymous? No. No. Oh. So he worked with each of them, so he, he, would, he sat down. It was kind of like, what should Jane stop doing? Oh. Um, What should she start doing and what should she continue doing? like
0: cringing.
2: No, 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 yeah. yeah. It was fucking valuable. Yeah. You're allowed to swear. I actually don't even swear that very much. Amy's done it heaps. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Um, It was super, super valuable. Um, Like it was such a gift. And at the time they pretty much, all I could hear was, what should I stop doing? What should I stop doing? Oh, it's so bad. Um, And, you know, they talked about this panic button that I had. And, you know, I would just panic over whatever because I was so stressed and it might be a printing mistake or, a, you know. And then I'd get over it actually quite quickly. Oh, yeah. But then I'd just leave this kind of... Trail. ...in my wake. Yeah. Um, which is very nice. Um, so I remember Googling, Dr. Google, um, how do I calm down? Yeah. Um, <laughs> May have googled that. Probably it was New Year's Day when you well. do these things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was because it was five years ago. It was before mindfulness became so trendy, and I, all this stuff on med- all this stuff on meditation came up, and I was like, Oh no! Oh no! Oh god! I'm gonna have to become a hippie, and I don't have time to meditate. This is, you know. Anyway, I went to a mindful leadership retreat, and it was like finding. Is that amazing? I came back like a. Evangelists, And now, at mum, work, you... Oh, no, you go. No, well, Mum actually was just really worried that I was going to run off and leave my husband because she'd heard of people that go to these things in Bali. Um, it's like, like F45. Yeah, yeah. She was like... yeah. <laughs> so, I, she was just so relieved that... I came back and I still loved Ollie, so, oh, That's nice. Yeah. And
0: yeah. then, so, as well, with your workplace, you incorporate mindfulness or meditation. What, yeah, what so,
2: do? yeah, so actually this coming Wednesday, um,
0: all the newbies, yeah.
2: um, so there's about 20 newbies in the team at the moment, we'll go God, through a full, 20. I know. We, we have trainees yeah. every year, so we have yeah. actually 10 trainees, up to 10 trainees that come in. So, yeah, that's, oh, gosh, that's like running a crash. Yeah. Um, so, until they're awesome, yeah. and then they're awesome. Yeah. And then you don't know what you're going to do at the end when you give them their wings and they fly off. Um, so, oh, God. Um, you bet what you do, oh, the new mind. So, yeah. yeah, so we have, and she basically, she does all the science stuff, so it gets everyone involved. At the beginning, we called it mind training, so it didn't sound so hippie. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so she, she teaches us about our brain. I'm like, why do we not learn about our brain when we're this big? Mm. You know, why do we not learn about this frontal cortex, It is like the CEO of the brain, that when you're stressed, you actually can't access, and in there, there's, like, all the rational, compassionate bits didn't um, know any
0: of that but yeah okay well, we'll we can talk later
2: um, <laughs> um yeah so we do that and then she we um and then every day in the nest at 10 30 we ring a bell and there's a we have a whole dedicated meditation room um, and does everyone go to no, it no no not everyone goes um it's totally who's up for it there's some yeah. people that just do it every day our software engineers actually are probably the ones that go the most um and were the most resistant at the beginning really and then it's like a really important part of their day now and it's just great that at least when something goes wrong someone's been in a rainforest that morning yeah. you know so they um, and they can see perspective yeah, yeah. that's
0: great <laughs> and so at bird's nest you now have 10 of your own lines your own yep. ranges that you make yourselves Yeah, design and manufacture. That's how did that all come about?
2: Oh, look, I think this is the kind of you know adapt bit um, because when we started, of course, it was a new thing being online and. It was a different relationship with your suppliers because Mm. your suppliers were just so grateful to have you as the outlet to reach their customer. So, of course, as that relationship changed and all of a sudden, they were all, you know, we've had such, we do have such beautiful relationships with us. And we've grown up together for a lot of us. Mm. It's like, wow, can you believe we've done this? And Mm. now look how far we've come. Um, And there's still an incredibly important part of our business. But naturally, they wanted to start having a relationship with their uh, with their customers as well. Mm. So of course, then they started going online. And I remember when that first happened, it was like, <gasps> like it felt like someone was stabbing us. Yeah. You know, that all of a sudden we were in competition as well as yeah, it's as, weird. Yeah, weird. It's, it was a, it was a real adjustment. Um, but then I mean, in the end, we started actually helping our suppliers getting online. Here, come and do a tour of the nest. We'll show you how you do it and how you pack parcels. And um, so it ended cool. up being much more collaborative. And you know, that and we understood that it was just the way the world was going. And what we brought to the table was how we curated it. And put it together in outfits and capsules and whatever, but we also did need our own point of difference, plus we were yes. really struggling with things
0: like size inclusivity, Yes, you know, so we it's wanted... Impossible now, let's yeah, don't we wanted, even go past a 14 or 12 sometimes. Yeah,
2: and we wanted a size 22 and a 24, yeah. so how do we do that? Yeah. Um, so we, to be able to and we also had, like, black pants that were so good. And then the supply, like, they would stop making them. We're like, but she loves those, you know? Mm. They're like her staple. Yeah. And um, she wants them in five colours. Yeah. Um, and so then, you know, and because we have such creative, beautiful people, that is not me, <laughs> in the team, we could do it. But it was bloody terrifying, I have to say.
0: Yeah, but each of the ten... Labels yes. is like a different sort of market, isn't it?
2: Yeah, so we have things like um, natural birds, which is all natural fibres. Yeah, it's one of my faves. And um, boho bird, which was early and um, you know just, just has such a great following, and that's Piggy's baby. Um, and it's you know always brings, and then we have like moonlight bird, and you know that's
0: obviously in the And is there something, and... and does your customer have a lot of say? Do they influence a lot what you make? Well,
2: actually, our very first label was a print label because we... We didn't know how to manufacture... Like, I'd, I'd literally, I literally... I was that girl. I was the first child. I was, like, straight to uni, straight to... Like, I didn't look sideways. I didn't have... I had a, a bit of fun, but... Um, <laughs> I didn't travel. So, you know, um, working out what who we connected with... So our first trip to India, Hupagi, just had to hold my hand the whole time. I was <laughs> terror. You know, I was, like, it was massive culture shock. Um, but the people were so beautiful and... Um, and then it just all the, the relationships started building and just felt really natural. And um, But the first thing, because we loved the print there, was we had an illustrator make all these beautiful illustrations and prints, and then we would put them up to vote. Oh, and then fab. The, and then we still do that. That's that bird label. And then the, the community would vote on the... Is it usually into...
0: the one you think is going to be the winner that wins the print, or is it, oh, really? No. Yeah, you're And like, it's not oh, always oh. the
2: winner when it goes into print. Eh? Like, when we actually produce it. They oh, loved it on this, but not but necessarily. On, yeah,
0: not on bodies. Or, but it's still yeah. fun. <laughs> it's still lovely, a lovely <laughs> collaborative thing yeah, you can yeah, it's do good. with the customer as well. And then they yeah. probably feel like they have a bit of ownership yeah, absolutely. within your um, company also. Yeah. Um, what... And the fashion industry, and I guess what a lot of the mentors have all been discussing this weekend, like with sustainability and the environment and, um, you know, what what are your thoughts and what's Bird's Nest doing?
2: Well, I think, you know, I, I have an, a daughter who's 14 yeah. um, and another daughter who's 11, and they are... Waking me up in terms of they are eco warriors. um, And it's so great that this next generation is waking us up because I had no idea. I did, had no, like, I feel like I woke up about two years ago and went, How did I end up in an industry that's doing so much damage? And I think I spent quite a lot of time in mourning in terms of part of me just wanted to run a mile and go, Oh God, this is massive. You know, and I I was actually in San Francisco. I think. Now I travel all over the world, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, But I went to a conference. I really hardly ever go anywhere. No. Um, uh, and I went to this conference because I was so attracted to it. It was called Wisdom 2.0. And it was bringing like the most amazing kind of mindfulness teachers that have really brought Buddhism and that teachings into the Western world, like John like like Kabat-Zinn, really and like, you know, amazing speakers. Um, and with the kind of um, Google Labs of the world and talking about... It started to say, how do we how do we develop technology wisely in this world? Um, and they had all these... And Steve Hawkins spoke at this, and he's an environmentalist, and he was interviewed on, um, like, the 2040 documentary that's just come out recently. And I, there was part of me that just was like, I don't want to go to this, I don't want to hear it. I, you know, this just, there's just something in me. And I went to it, and I, it just actually opened my heart to the fact that we can actually... There are solutions out there. We can be part of it. It's one step at a time. Mm. I've got a business and lots of people, so I have to do it in a way that I can make it sustainable for them. And um, so, yeah, we are just doing everything we can. You see, our roof is just covered in solar (laughs) panels. We have, you know, we've changed all our packaging. We've just got a team of people just working on every aspect of our business. And you know, again, we I just have to go back to adapt, adapt, evolve, evolve. You know, and you know, we have to change the way we consume mm. and um, and it will change and we'll hopefully be part of that change.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I think with, if anyone's starting a new business as well too, it's really, it would be amazing to build in sustainability, sustainable practices in early on rather than like retrofitting. And I think um, sustainability is something that could, Will, could set you apart as well from your competition as well I just think it's something really important that we're, like we need to start doing bits and pieces we just got solar panels and things like that, but then you see all the packaging that every product comes in for um, to keep things safe yeah, yeah. and um, that's... And
2: it's a balance, I think, even some of the, the ones that you put on the absolute pedestal because we're researching all of that, how it comes yeah. into the nest. Um, so we've, we've worked out the getting out, you know, in terms of that was quite easy to change yeah. to co- all compostable and all that sort of stuff, but bringing in yeah. is is more challenging because you've got, you've, you know, the and someone like Patagonia who's, you know, totally, oh, yeah, and yeah. We're, we're certainly looking to people who've... Done a lot of the research before us. Even they say bring some things in in plastic because the cost of the damage to the garment once it's been through the process of being made, yeah. versus you know protecting it in some way on its journey, there's a balance. So it's um, there's just so much other. So educating educating ourselves is a huge part of what we're doing at the yeah. moment as well in every from everything from starting through to, and I think the other thing is to get the garment to last longer. And yes. I think there's a huge... And you're seeing the the, the growth of pre-loved clothing and um, I think that's a huge um, market. Yeah, OK. And it's I think that's... And that's something that's... You know, so it's about
0: your circle of influence. Where can you start? And I think yeah. that's, you know, where, what we're And even with at. the consumer as well, like, educating them to buy better, to Yeah, and how we smarter. wash our garments and you don't need to wash denim that often and all that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Denim's amazing. Yeah. What... What does the future hold for Bird's Nest? Like, are you a forward planner? <laughs> no, no, are you just flying not. by the seat of your pants? Are you.
2: I'm not flying by the seat of my pants. Oh, I don't think we're flying by the seat of our pants. Do you think we're flying by the pants? <laughs> um, I've got some great. I've surrounded myself with people smarter than me, which is great. So yes. there's like, you know, Pen, who runs our marketing, you know, should, you know, I was like, could you just run this? T- you know, we'd, at the moment we're doing a planning thing where we have these things called OKRs, which are objectives and key results. And you can look these up. It's very well documented. Um, a little company that you might have heard of called Google, um, they use them and they, it worked out for them. So um, so what is it? It's like it's just like a philosophy they have to set goals every quarter. Is that your
0: bird song thing or is that no, something else? No, that's different. Oh, okay. oh haven't even got to bird song. Oh, sorry. Gosh. Oh, no, you've
2: still got OKRs time. OKRs awesome. So, yeah, yeah, but I'm not a very good goal setter, so I need other people who are better goal setters, like Penn, to, you know... Show everyone the tools. So, um, you know, we use a, a tool, and a great small business tool it's called Trello. Oh I yeah, Trello? Oh, I tried to use to that. Sorry,
0: Sarah tried to make me use that. It's yeah. hard. Didn't work out. No, I just got rid Not of it. Not visual app. enough. No, Oh, okay. I don't know. That's I like to visual. cross things off physically. No, Those got boxes. Oh, I couldn't work that bit okay. out of the technology.
1: <laughs> um,
0: yeah, tell us about birdsong as well.
2: Oh, uh, okay. So, Sorry. No, no. I no. You, we I'm digress. Going to go back, we, yeah, yeah, we digress. Um, so, Birdsong is really related. Who, who employs people here? How many people employ people? And is not the s- things that they call the soft skills in business the frigging hardest part? Um, so, I mean, I don't lose sleep over money generally, um, even when it's stressful. Um, and But I do, I, I spend a lot of time losing sleep over the emotional stuff and yeah. the stuff that didn't feel great yeah. and all the stuff you get there like yeah. <laughs> yeah. in the stomach and the difficult conversation that you're going to have to have or the, you know, the thing that's happening that is you know, affecting the team. That, like, yeah, putting your big girl pants on is like the really hard stuff, yeah. um, and I guess um, Birdsong was something that we developed, you know, when, when, when that thing happened that we realised that person didn't know any of the stuff we believed in, like If In Doubt Be Generous, we realised we needed something to translate that, um, so we don't, we don't sing this, which is good, <laughs> but it is like each letter stands for something we really believe in, yep, so cool. um, something like... Um, D is dance together. We're pretty into dancing, so it's like you know we do sell frogs. Oh, that's so let's not good. Take ourselves too seriously. Um, and um, N is nurture, and that's kind of one of the major foundation pieces. That sense of really, you know, um, no, you know, none of us are any good to anyone. Mm. Um, like I said, you know, with me stressed out, that just didn't work out. So. Um, that putting your oxygen mask on before assisting others stuff. And that and everyone, when we celebrate each of these, so they're not just parks on the wall, although they are also very big colours <laughs> on the wall. Um, every month we celebrate one of these things. So everyone loves Nurture Month because we get in ma- masseurs. Oh, how <laughs> yeah. amazing. And we, you know, we, go, we call yeah. a whistle and we'll go for a walk in nature or we do something that reminds us those little things are important to look after ourselves. Um, and so each month we, we celebrate something different mm-hmm. to kind of remind us that these are the things and, the, and S is Surpriser for example so that's all that sort of if in doubt for generous stuff and people won't remember what you said but they'll remember how you made them feel yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So then Birdsong has kind of been super critical so that when you do have a difficult conversation to have... you've got something to lean on in terms of, remember, these are the things we kind of believe in Mm. and we've all signed on to that this is how we behave together. And if anyone's obsessed with Brené Brown, as I am, is anyone highly obsessed with Brené Brown? Um, So she's just brought out a book called Dead a Lead and she helped us actually, because, you know, we've had the bird song for 10 years and she helped us actually do another step to actually really turn those into behaviours that look like something like... One of the one-flock ones, which is about really walking in other people's shoes, we've turned into an actual behaviour that says, I will have the most generous interpretation of somebody else's actions, words, or behaviours. So that's a really good one, because quite often we interpret things in a way that is actually not necessarily how they're intended, and just the start of that creates problems. So yeah, there's there's things that... I think it really helps guide us as leaders and as a whole business. Yeah.
0: You're amazing. Isn't she amazing? I don't know. <laughs> you are. And imagine if every regional town could have a store like Bird's Nest or a business like Bird's Nest. That, they do. Oh, no. hundred <laughs> Like, it's just so amazing. So I thought I might open up if anyone would like to ask Jane any questions.
1: Thanks so much um, Jane. My name's Edwina. I have a business, Birthbeat, um, run out of Tamworth in regional New South Wales, teaching online childbirth education. Um, I also am like massive fangirl of Jane's and have been for years. You touched on something there that no one else had mentioned yet, that you hired a coach. Oh yeah. And I'm wondering, was that a really pivotal time for you in the business as well? And are other people that you're working with able to access coaching in that way.
2: Uh, yes, it was for me because I I was I was really questioning whether I should be there or whether I should take a different role um, as opposed to to running the business. And then yes, we we really um, we do we. We've sort of found emerging leaders as well and put them through coaching. And we've we've also done a session where we've actually learned how to coach each other a little bit. Because actually coaching, a lot of the time, is recognising that person actually has the answers. They just need some space and time to talk it through. And what you're doing is less mentoring them on, here's how I did it, maybe you could try that. And more just giving them an ear to... Through what's happened and how they could possibly solve it, or what's the next step. So um, I think as a leadership team we we mentor mentor and coach each other. Um, and then we do have um, Shalotta who does our mindfulness coaching, she coaches us. Um, we also have lots of other counseling things that we 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 bring into the team when we feel like we need that as well, or where and it might be something actually completely outside the business that is happening for an individual, but it is affecting how they can show up at work.
0: Mm. Good one. Anyone else? It's hard to see you Hi, I'm Sue. So I'm, um, I have a service-based company based in
2: Sydney, in a big city, which is hard enough to find good staff in a, you know, in a large city. What's it been like in a small town like Kuma to recruit and find the right people for the right role? Yeah, fit in yeah. the right role. No, it can be super challenging. Um, but it actually hasn't been. In the end, I mean, I cannot believe the talent that lives in amongst the mountains, and then the people that have been prepared to move um, to Kuma to have their career with us. Uh, so, you know, probably the most the most challenging role has been software engineering, and it's challenging in a cities to find talented people. And I feel incredibly lucky um, for the for the team that we have. Um, but we have everyone from fashion designers to digital marketers, and quite often we just go, you know what. We don't have the skills, we'll just have to learn it. So that, that would be definitely the case with digital marketing, for example. We've just self-taught boarding courses, gone on courses, mm-hmm. that kind of thing.
0: Everyone's still kind of learning that, though, too, as well. Like, it's hard certainly. to find someone that's a total expert, yeah. that it will work in a business,
2: yeah. No, definitely, yeah. Just yeah. looking for the strengths in the team that you have as well.
1: Hi, um, uh, Gilgandra, and... Um Thank you for being here today, it's amazing to listen to you. I just wanted to ask about freight, being in a regional area. Yep. You you are a post office, is that right? We are a post office. Yeah, like, No. no? No. Oh, OK. <laughs> no.
2: Although, um, no. Could she like, become a post office? <laughs> of <us>. That's <laughs> <And a> really <laughs> good... <laughs> uh...
1: We should do that. Oh, yeah. Really? Well, somebody um, once told me, you know, Bird's Nest has their own um, Australia Post oh, rumor kind rumor. of outlet. They do
2: come to us. So at the beginning, I remember, we used to just run the bags down to the post office. Then we got supermarket... Tro- we sold a few supermarket trolleys. <laughs> um, and took those down the post office. Then we, like, packed the back of the SUV, you know, um, and the Land Cruiser went to the post office yeah. um, and then we got a little van and yeah, we have a very funny story about the one day we missed, the po- we missed a whole lot of bags in the post and our head of customer service sped down the highway after the truck yeah. and she was in her hu- husband's ute, she overtook him and with all the yellow bags on the back and then pulled over and he freaked out that he was losing bags off the back. Uh. Um, and so, anyway, but no, we, we should start a post office. But well, you should, no. but my,
1: my actual, sorry, my actual sorry, question quite. was sorry, about... Sorry. Oh, no. Brains ticking <laughs> over here. <laughs> I actually wanted to know, um, are you disadvantaged in the time frame that your parcels get delivered? Because I know from Gilgandra, yep. sometimes my biggest challenge is how many stops there are before the parcel gets to the metropolitan area. Yep. And trying to keep up that, level of customer service.
2: Yeah, I always say if a girl ordered a address today she wanted it yesterday. Um, and so getting it there fast is actually super important. We and that's been one of the things that's been a bit of a lucky break for where Cooma is because we are an hour south of Canberra and or an hour and a bit and we are in their postal network and being the capital of Australia, apparently I think it is yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so uh, so we can, so we, we can overnight to any capital city from there and that and we send everything as, we send everything express post so even if you live in remote Western Australia we'll, and that you're not in an express post area we will still express post to you because it means it gets to Perth overnight and then and then at least that part of the journey is super fast and so people in really remote areas are like wow how'd you get it here so fast? Um, so we often find just putting the yellow sticker on everything, which mm. as a percentage is not that much more, we, has been a definite key thing. So it is definitely a challenge, but Australia Post has been an incredible partner, actually, mm. and they haven't even paid me to say that. Um, they, I think it's part of induction that they send people down from Australia Post to us to go through the... Oh, <laughs> we get a lot of visits from Australia Post.
1: You're so smart. <laughs> so smart. Though. I think we have time for one more. So, just a quick question about um, shipping. Do you charge for shipping, or is it free post? We do. We do
2: charge for shipping. Yes. So we've always done what is sustainable for us, um, and we've net. You know, I'm the daughter of an accountant, so I'd be like kind of. Excommunicated if I didn't look at my proper and my cash flow budget and work out could I actually afford to give away postage? And all these people that gave away postage at the beginning, I was just like, oh, How are you doing that? You know, um, and so and I've seen times actually where our customers of you know, when we couldn't, you know, when all the new people came in and just started, uh, everything was free and people were like, We want free everything, and they're like, Yeah, but you get this and you get that, and yeah. you know, so we've just, you know, we've just worked out what's the What's the leanest we can get? We, do, we definitely lose money on our post. Like we, you know, like say our Australia Post bill, which is epically big, mm. um, is this, you know, is that big. We might get that much back mm. in what we charge people, but we couldn't afford to get nothing back or it would mean I can't employ all the people
0: I do and pay their wages, so. Mm. Amazing. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Jane. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. We, we deserve nice it. it. We deserve it. <laughs> hey. Thank you so much for listening and sharing a glass of bubbles with us. Please subscribe if you want to hear more and share it with all your kick-ass businesswomen friends. So until next time, stay fabulous.